Hi, this is Adam Carroll, host of the Build a Bigger Life podcast. In speaking and traveling all over the world, I meet some of the most interesting people. When I meet someone who embodies what it means to me to be the architect of their own life, I invite them to be on the show. The interview you're about to hear is one of these people. Someone who's choosing life over lifestyle, pursuing more of what they love to do and less of what they have to do. The blueprint to get you doing more of what you love is available for download at buildabiggerlife.com. Now, on to the interview. In the hot seat today is Grant Baldwin. Grant and I occupied a similar space in the speaking world over the past 10 years or so, and he's now helping others build their own speaking business through his Get Booked and Paid to Speak course. Grant is well-known in entrepreneurial circles, and he is an incredibly gracious, helpful, and totally generous dude. Uh, What you'll learn from Grant today is what he's doing now to be at home more with his wife and girls and how to build a business of your own, doing what you love by being incredibly intentional about it. Stockpile.com is making the show happen today. This brilliant platform allows you to buy fractional shares of companies with transaction costs of only 99 cents. Take the money you're making in your Uh, life that you want to put on the side and put it to work in stockpile just by heading to buildabiggerlife.com forward slash five dollars you'll be five dollars richer you heard that right just by opening an account they will pre-fund your first five bucks at buildabiggerlife.com slash five the number five dollars for five dollars to invest in any stock you wish now let's hear what grant has to say Grant Baldwin, thanks for being on the Build a Bigger Life program. Dude, anytime I get to hang out with Adam Carroll, it's a good day. It is a good day when you hang out with me, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. It really is. And me getting to hang out with you too, man. I'm so excited to talk to you about your story, for you to share with my listeners how you're building a bigger life of your own now in Nash Vegas. I hear they call it. It's the place it, to be. It is the place uh, to be. People outside of Nash Vegas call it Nash Vegas, and people inside don't. I, I learned <laughs> that on week one of orientation. Do they call it Nashy or anything cute? I think just Nashville. Just We're going to go with just the, yeah, the normal, the normal uh, phonetic spelling of it. Okay, good. I think the outside world has done a really good job of, of uh, glamorizing what's happening in Nashville today. I mean, clearly there's a lot of entrepreneurs you know, being attracted there, which is cool. Um, it's a we'll, very magnetic place. We'll get the inside scoop from you on the show today. Uh, yeah. Grant, you know the, the first question that's always asked. So what do you love about your life right now? Well, at this very moment, we were talking a little bit about this before we hit record, but um, we just moved into a new house. So that's been fun. Um, we we moved to, I know we'll dig into it, we moved to Nashville about three years ago and um, uh, had always wanted to build a house. And so finally the stars kind of aligned to, to make that happen. And so we've been in the process of that almost for the almost the past year or so working on that. And so now to we've been in here about two weeks, three weeks or so. And so to finally be in, it feels like, ah, okay. Like it's just such a big part of life for the past year of all like the every little detail you can think of. Like I just decision fatigue. So uh, to finally be in here has been uh, been really, really nice. So yeah, life is very, very good. Feel very, very blessed and fortunate and uh, love the life I get to live. That's awesome. I have heard that building a house can be a little bit challenging on a marriage. Can I, you know, I'd, I'd heard that too. So confirm I had a, or deny? Well, it wasn't for us, actually. And I think we kind of, we 
we lucked out in a variety of ways. So I, before we started the process, I emailed a, or I texted a friend of mine who had just finished building a house uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I said, hey, we're thinking about building a house. What do you think? Uh, I'd be, just be curious on your two cents. And he said, his response was, why would you want to ruin a perfectly good marriage? <laughs> um, so I, 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 I had some concerns going into it. But actually, one, we had a really, really good builder. Um, two, we uh, have a really good marriage and both kind of know our roles in it. And so my role was primarily just to make sure we stay in budget. We came in under budget. So that was a win. Um, and she, she's very design has a great design sense, very savvy whenever it comes to that. And so it was very good about making the house look pretty. And it's just kind of, Hey, here's the things. Do you have an opinion on this? And most of the time I didn't. Um, and so she did a great job making the house look good. I did a good job uh, making sure we stayed in budget. And so everyone worked together. And it, I mean, it had its moments, but for the most part, it was a, it was a pretty good experience. We'd actually I'd, we we're discussing the other day. I think I think we we would do it again if we were if we had the opportunity. Very cool. Very cool. I want to go back a little bit in your in your past because you and I have this sort of storied history that we were both in the same space. You were speaking on college campuses, doing a lot of associations and, and, and different groups like that. Um, and we came across each other. Uh, I think we had a mutual friend that may have introduced us and said, oh, you don't, you, you gotta know Grant. And Grant, you need to know Adam. And that's, that's how this all began. But you had been a speaker for a very long time. What got you into that business originally? Yeah, so prior to, to getting into speaking, I was actually, I was a youth pastor for a little while. And so I was doing some speaking in that capacity. Um, parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't like, but I, I knew I enjoyed speaking. I felt like I was good at it. Um, prior to that, even to back up a step, I in college, I worked for a guy who was a full-time speaker, uh, primarily in the church world, but... Um, he was doing a lot of camps and retreats and I just got to see like, okay, so this is a thing. Like I think oftentimes, uh, for speakers, we early on, we just didn't realize like this was an option. This was nowhere on the, the career menu, you know? And so just to see that I think was super helpful. And then getting a lot of at bats and a lot of opportunities to speak just helped me to get better quickly. Uh, and just, quickly realized like, this is really fun. I really enjoy this. I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur and thought, okay, I think I can, I can give this a shot. And so yeah, transitioned into speaking and, and kind of got started how a lot of us did of just figuring it out as you went along and making it up as you go and, um, still continue to make it up as you go, but just finding other speakers who are doing something similar connecting with speakers who are, um, a, a couple steps ahead of, of where you are, where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and so just, yeah, really kind of learn the ropes and learn the business and, um, yeah, built a successful business doing that was doing, um, 60, 70 gigs a year. Really, really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, speaking, speaking is a great way to, to travel, make a living and make a difference. It is, in fact, I probably said this on the show a couple times, but I, I had listened to an interview with Mark Victor Hansen some time ago, and he said public speaking is one of the most noble professions because you get to impact people's lives, you get to travel the world, and you yeah. get paid pretty well doing it. Yeah. And when yeah. I heard that, I'm like, that's the trifecta. That's Sign all I want. me up. Let's do that. That's all I want. So you you had sort of a, a shift in thinking at some point, as I remember, and it was this idea that, you know, traveling was awesome and fun, but being at home was pretty good too. Yeah. And w walk me through that period of your life where you started, you know, deciding or making a decision that, that maybe 70 gigs a year wasn't your thing. Yeah. I mean, the, as you well know, like the, the, the 45 minutes or an hour that you're on stage 
is really hard to compete with. It is really fun. It's an it's just an amazing experience when, especially when you're doing it a lot and you have the talk really dialed in and you just know like at the beginning that audience has no clue who I am and by the end they are going to I'm going to be leading them through this journey of highs and lows and emotion and um, I just I know that I have them. That's just an amazing amazing experience. The challenge with speaking is that it doesn't scale very well, meaning that you are one person in one place uh, speaking to one audience at one time. You, If you are in uh, Des Moines speaking to an audience, you cannot be speaking anywhere else in the world to any other group of people. And so in some ways, that's fine. It is kind of the nature of what it is. But at the same time, I think for me, I got to a point where uh, like you mentioned, I was doing I was doing about seventy gigs a year. I was doing as many gigs as I, I wanted to do, and so I knew like the really the only way to grow your business beyond that is to either a do more gigs or b to charge more. And so I knew uh, I didn't really want to do any more gigs. Uh, and in the 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 industry that I was in, I was kind of on the upper end of what I felt comfortable charging. I didn't want to go to a, a different market. Um, uh, you could charge a lot more in different industries. It just wasn't super appealing to me. So I just kind of felt like. Um, I felt like I had climbed that mountain and was happy with it, you know? So it wasn't like, I remember telling my wife a couple times, like, you know, if all of a sudden I couldn't speak ever again, you know, I, like I wouldn't be devastated. I really enjoy speaking, but at the same time it was, you know, it was a way to make a living, you know? Right. Um, and so at the time I just, it just started spinning my wheels of, okay, what are other, other things that I could do? You know, um, not necessarily going like, all right, I'm completely done with speaking. I want to get out of speaking. I still, even to this day, still really enjoy it and still do some speaking. Um, but at the time, I was having a lot of people, I'm sure like you and, and a lot of speakers, uh, people who would come up to them and say, hey, I want to be a speaker. I'm interested in speaking. How do, mm -hmm. how do I do this? Um, and at the time, I didn't see a lot of people on the horizon that were teaching at least the business side of speaking. Sure. There always seems to be like a lot of people who teach the, the presentation, the art side, how do you put together and deliver a great talk. But a lot of people were asking, yeah, but how do I get a gig? And how do I know how much to charge? And how do I work with a client? And just those types of business, the business side of it. And that was the piece that was really more appealing and intriguing to me. Um, and so we started a couple different, um, we started a primarily an, an online training program uh, to teach that and started kind of learning the online business of, of, um, of webinars and Facebook ads and having an online training program and all that kind of went into that. So basically, as, as that continued to increase, um, that side of the business was increasing, I started just decreasing the number of speaking gigs that mm -hmm. I was doing. Um, and so now, uh, you know, I do uh, five to 10 gigs a year, if that, um, and just am able to be a lot more selective and choosing on which ones we're doing and, and do ones that move the needle on the speaker training side of the business yeah. um, versus just doing some for, you know, that are just, you know, you're kind of a hired gun for. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a, a big pivot and transition in the business, but it's also been a, a fun a fun challenge. And I, I think this would be relevant for anybody listening, but I remember some of the best advice I got as I was kind of thinking through some of this transition is uh, I had a friend tell me, you regularly want to find things where the challenge exceeds the skill set. The challenge exceeds the skill set. Meaning whenever you and I first got started speaking, Adam, like the the challenge exceeded the skill set. We felt way over our heads. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why this audience would listen to me. We just felt like we were totally out of our league. But over time, the longer you do something, what happens is that flips and the yeah. skill set exceeds the challenge. You and I could go stand on stage right now in front of a thousand people um, and be on autopilot, but still do a great job and it'd be a great talk. And so the mm -hmm. skill set exceeds the challenge. And so uh, and one of the, I think one thing that, that, 
is key to just fulfillment and work and in life is regularly putting yourself in those situations where I'm outside of my comfort zone, but in a good way and it's okay. Uh, And so I felt early on like that of making that transition of uh, I want to put myself in more positions where the challenge exceeds the skill set. And um, I think we still try to regularly do that today with the business. But yeah, that's just, uh, um, I mean, a long story short on kind of how that, that transition and, and iteration has happened over time. That's awesome. It's been cool to watch you build it um, because you're also the, the host of the podcast, uh, The Speaker Lab, mm-hmm. and some incredible interviews out there with people. Uh, like yourself, you know, present company included. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's just great great advice and there's great content and there's a lot of people doing this this work out in the world that all have unique experiences and I think you've done a great job of highlighting both their you know their wins and their losses, their successes, sure. their trials and tribulations. Um, what what drives you? You mentioned that you did speaking because it was it helped you make a living. Sure. Right. It was all about kind of paying the bills and feeding your family and all of that. What drives you today to build the business that you're doing? Is it still just income? Is it do you want to see change in people's lives? Like what is your why behind no, this? No, I don't believe in, in people changing their lives at all. So <laughs> <laughs> No, like I mean no, and it's um even when I was doing a lot of speaking, it's still um, I think one of the fun things about speaking and even what we get to do today is that you you feel like you're, you're really making a tangible impact in people's lives. You know, like I, I know that the people that we are helping today um, is very similar to where I felt whenever I got started. And so one of the lines that we, we use is that um, I know when I got started, I had the potential, but I needed the plan. I had the potential, but I needed the plan. Meaning I'd done a few speaking engagements. I'd done a few things, some free things here and there, just enough to feel like, there's something there. I, I like this. I'm decent enough at this. I feel like I could do this. I just need someone to freaking show me what to do next and how to actually turn this into a business. And so whenever people message me and email me um, of, hey, I, I just booked my first gig for $500, $1,000, $2,500. Or when people, um, there's a guy who sent me a message, um, a stack of uh, 1099s. And he said, I, I just sent all these to my, my CPA and my, uh, like, this is my, I think he said he was, he was, what was that? I think he said he made $200,000 in speaking. And he's like, I'm just blown away. Like, I just didn't even think this was possible, you yeah. know? So when you see those types of things and you know that that's not only changed that individual's life, but what it does for their family, what it does for their, their marriage, what it does for their kids, what it does for the, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that they have spoke to, that we have some tiny, tiny, tiny fraction to do with that um, is extremely rewarding. It's extremely fulfilling. And, and even going back to whenever I was doing some speaking, like I still, you know, from time to time, even several years later, we'll get emails or messages, you know, or comments from people who I saw you speak several years ago and and, you know, here's how it helped me or here's what I learned or here's how I, I changed or whatever it may be. And so just knowing that you're making a very tangible difference is extremely fulfilling. It's extremely rewarding. So, yeah, I think that's a huge key of of, um, of what it is that we were doing with speaking and what it is that we do today. Um, at the same time, like it, it does like as a speaker and then even today, what we do does provide a great life and a great living for um, uh, for our, uh, us, for our family, for me personally, I, and I know you're the same way, like family is a huge, huge, huge deal to me. So I absolutely, um, I adore my wife, adore my daughters, and I love the life that we have. Um, and so, yeah, this, this business gives me a lot of freedom and flexibility to spend a lot of time with them and enjoy, you know, the, the fruits of our labor. 
That's an amazing answer. Um, I, here, I thought you were just doing it for the money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Your your commitment and dedication to your family is is super evident all over social media, which is awesome to see. Talk about uh, some of the decisions you made, like around homeschooling your daughters, and how that's how that's changed life for you, and how you you and your wife have built a bigger life around that decision. Yeah, so my my wife and I were actually high school sweethearts. Um, we started dating when I was a freshman in high school. She was what? a junior, uh, older woman. Come on now. Um, so yeah, so we we dated for five years, got married. Um, we just had our 16th wedding anniversary, so we've been together 21 years, which is crazy. Um, and so we and we've got three girls that are just amazing and and absolutely adore them. So when I was I was like in the thick of traveling and speaking, it's I mean as you very well know, Adam, it's very much you know you're home for a couple of days and you're gone for a few days and you're home for a few days and you're gone for a few days and you're just kind of bouncing in and out. And there were times where it'd be like, oh, I'd be I'm going somewhere fun. It'd be cool if if you guys could come with me. And oh, we got that dang school thing that just jacks up the <laughs> schedule. Um, and so we had always been intrigued by homeschooling, um, and like part of the hesitation, a couple things. One, it was just like, like neither my wife or I have any like formal training in being a teacher. Um, my wife's sister, my sister-in-law, is a kindergarten teacher, so she's pretty hardcore. Like you, you know, you don't know what you're doing homeschooling. You need to be, you know, you got to go to traditional school. And we just kind of felt like, you know, there's there's some things about traditional school that are great, and other things we feel like. I don't know, like it hasn't changed much since right? you and I were there right. and even generations before that. So totally. we could probably do as good at messing them up than, uh, than a school could do. Uh, so something we talked about, our oldest daughter, she went to public school for kindergarten and first grade, loved it, great experience. Um, but we found like we were pulling her out pretty regularly so you could come on some trip. And it wasn't just like going on another vacation. Like we really tried to be intentional on making uh, educational experiences. And so if we're going somewhere, try to hit a museum or to talk about the history of the area or, you know, something like that. So there's some, you know, there's some element of that to, to the trip. Um, and so finally we, you know, we talked about it, talked about, talked about it. And I knew that if we were going to do it, that my wife was going to be the one, you know, shouldering mo most of the burden. So, I mean, even to this day, like, um, you know, she does the teaching. She works with the girls on a daily basis. I, I'm kind of the awkward PE teacher who just <laughs> wants to make out with the principal. Simple uh, math, right? Simple math. Is very much so. Very much so. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we've, we've been homeschooling. I think this is our fourth or fifth year at this point now. Wow. Um, and it's, and, and, and she, especially again, she does the high majority of it and I'm kind of along for the ride. And, but I would say this, one of the things that's been really valuable for us is just the amount of time that we as a family get to have together, you know? So you think about in a traditional school setting, you know, you, um, we comment to the girls, like when the bus comes in the neighborhood to pick up kids, like it's, you know, seven fifteen, seven thirty. 30, they're sometimes not getting back till four, four thirty. That's a full day that you're away from your kids, you know? So, um, and to do that a good majority of the year, it's just a lot of time. So I know like, you know, right before we started recording, I had lunch with my girls here and see them, see them every day. I work from home they homeschool. So we, we get to spend a lot of quality time together. Um, but at the same time, we have a lot of freedom and flexibility with life, you know, like, um, one priority for us is to travel, is to give our, our kids lots of experiences. And so, um, not being confined to the school schedule and when, you know, you can or can't take trips. The other thing too, is it gives us the freedom of, um, 
we try to like one thing we love doing is going to like amusement parks and going to theme parks and we don't want to go in the summer when everybody else is going so we want to go in september when everybody else is in school you know so just like again having the freedom and flexibility to do things based on your schedule not based on you know the school calendar so uh and hopefully i think that we are teaching our girls the same thing that you and I know from a self-employment standpoint. Uh, I remember early on one of uh, our, our oldest two came in and said, hey, if we do tomorrow's work today, does that mean that we can play all day tomorrow? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because like that's the way it is for us. You know, for if, sure. if I want to take off Friday just for the heck of it, and that means I need to bust my butt the rest of the week, I can totally do that. We have that freedom. We have that flexibility to decide something rather than just, well, you know, you, you go to school from this time to this time or you work from this time to this time just because that's what you're supposed to do. So I think hopefully our girls are are, are seeing that yes, you can have some level of, of freedom and flexibility with life, but it doesn't just magically happen as well. Like you have to, um, one thing I tell my girls all the time is like work equals money. And if you want something, you can get it, but you have to, you have to work for it. It doesn't just happen, uh, just, just because you want it. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's, there's times where you're like, man, it'd be great if they were in public school and my wife and I could have lunch dates and you know, like, so there's some level of that, but at the same time, like I, I love the, the freedom and flexibility that we have and I love the, the amount of time that we get to spend together. It's all a trade off, right? Totally. It's all a trade off. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple times freedom and flexibility and I'm curious if that is something you would list as a core value of yours. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, and it's something like I, I, I value freedom and flexibility, but at the same time, like I having a routine and having discipline and having structure is really important to me. Uh, and so that's, I think it's, 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 it's possible to have both, right? Like I, even though I work from home, I'm self-employed. It's not, um, I'm usually starting work by seven 30, the latest eight o'clock and I get mm-hmm. after it. I work and the girls know like daddy's like, we're not just goofing off. I got work to do. You know, if you want to keep eating and living indoors, then daddy's got to do some work <laughs> here, you know? Um, and so having that structure, but at the same time, the other day we went, um, I think on Tuesday we went to see a, a movie at you know three four o'clock just because we could you know and kind of planned accordingly like hey let's go see a movie this afternoon and everybody get your work done and let's let's go do that so having the freedom and flexibility to do that um, on on kind of a, a spur of the moment type thing but at the same time also looking ahead on the calendar and saying hey let's take off that week to go on a trip or right. let's take off you know let's t- make an extended weekend and go on this trip and go you know on this road trip to this place or that place just because you know um, I think having that freedom and flexibility is is yeah really really important to us so I have two follow-up questions to that because one I think has to do with the mindset that it requires to to say, yeah, I'm going to build my life differently than what most people would, which is uh, a nine to five job or eight to five job of uh, kids in school every day. You know, I see that in my neighborhood that there's there there is a routine in the neighborhood. People sure. go they go to work, the kids go to school, the kids get home, then everybody else gets home. But I think there's a mindset shift that somebody has to go through to get there. So my question to you, Grant, is if someone says that sounds amazing. I think I'm going to quit my job and become a speaker and I'm going to start tomorrow. What's your advice? How do you tell people to, to maybe make that transition or what mindset shift do they need to make to get there? Yeah, I wouldn't quit your job tomorrow to to become a speaker. Um, and so a a couple things I'd say one is 
I think it's important to figure out, like you kind of touched on there, what what are the things that really matter to you and ultimately what's the kind of life that you want to have? And so I think oftentimes like um, – you you know you and I travel a lot. Uh, you now way more than me. But if you you know if you go to the airport and you say, hey, I just I, I know I'm in Des Moines right now and I just want to get on a plane and go somewhere. Well, where do you want to go? I I don't know. What what are my options? Where where can I go? Like it's not going to work out. You know you have to begin with the end in mind of of where is it that I want to be? What's my what I want my life to look like? And then you can kind of reverse engineer and work backwards. So mm-hmm. I knew for me like we were kind of talking about earlier when I got to a point you know three, four, five years ago or so where I was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing a lot of speaking engagement. Like life is good uh, on on paper. We're checking all the boxes, but I don't know. Is this really what I want? Is, it seems like, I, you know, maybe something over there seems intriguing. So I, again, I can't just say, all right, I'm doing 60, 70 speaking engagements and I'm just going to completely cold turkey cut that off. And then uh, Monday morning, we're just going to figure it out and, and figure out what to do next. It was more, okay, that's where, here's where I am. That's where I want to be. What's the best possible way to get from point mm-hmm. A to point B? And so you just, ha- you have to then kind of plan it out just like you would a map, you know? So uh, you're in Des Moines, I'm in Nashville. If, if we said, okay, let's, you know, uh, I'm going to drive to, Na- I'm going to drive to Des Moines and come see you. Then you, you don't just get in the car and start driving and just, I just, I'm just going to start driving and I hope I magically end up in Des Moines. Like it just, it doesn't work like that. And so that same thing is true in life. You can't just assume like, man, I just, I just hope my life works out or why is that person's life? Why do they have this? And I don't, you know, it's yeah. like you have to be intentional on that, right? right? Like right. none of this just magically happens just because you hope it does. So I think for us, like we've always been very intentional of just figuring out like if you, I would say if you don't like something about your life, like fix it. Don't, don't cry about it. Don't make a big deal about it. Like just do some, fix it, work towards creating the kind of life that you want to have. Uh, and so if you, if you said, Hey, all right, I want to, um, you know, I'm interested in speaking as something, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you can do to begin moving that direction, but I wouldn't recommend just quitting your job today and hope that again, it all works out. So, uh, I think just, uh, making that, that slow incremental progress from where you are to where you want to be, uh, is important and just realize that just, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, we're talking, you know, you, you mentioned the, um, the uh, successful speaking career to to transitioning into the online business to homeschooling to um, moving into a new house. like we're talking about over the course of ten years you know so don't look at like the whole big picture here and be like oh okay I'm gonna I'm gonna knock all that stuff out in a weekend you know like it just that doesn't work like be realistic with yourself and just figure out all right if that's where I want to be what's the ne- next possible step that I need to take in order to to get there um, and give your I think again just give yourself some um, some grace to know that it's it's not it's not gonna happen overnight but it's yeah. not gonna happen if you don't do anything I've heard over and over again people underestimate overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. so true in this business, especially, um, that, that you and I are in. So, um, quick question for you, Grant, there's, you know, you're a well-read guy. You have six books on the bookshelf over your shoulder. So clearly you, well, you know, you've I haven't read at put, least, I haven't put anything out yet. You, so you've, you've read at least six books in your lifetime. What, <laughs> what are the books that have made a huge difference for you? What, what top three, uh, would make your bookshelf? Um, that's a good question. So one that I think, um, I, I think, um, I know it's a common answer, but, uh, like Ferris's, uh, four hour work week was mm-hmm. very helpful. I think that was one that was just kind of a, a mind shift, mind, uh, mindset shift of just thinking through, 
all right, you don't have to do things this way or that way. You know, I think that was really beneficial to me. Um, especially early on when I made the transition to really get into speaking in the first place, uh, a book that was helpful to me was, um, it's called the cure for the common life by Max Lucado. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another one called 48 days to the work you love by Dan Miller. Um, and both of those were helpful in me going, all right, what, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be when I grow up? I don't want to, what I want to do. And just looking at, at like going through those resources of kind of figuring out, um, what is it that I want, that I want life to look like, you know? And, um, what is, and again, kind of like you touched on, I think there's plenty of people who I'm, you know, I'm going to get a job cause that's just what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I'm going to send my, my kids to school because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm supposed to, you know, I'm just, this is the, the script that society and culture has given me. And this is what I have to do mm. and just go on like, yeah, there's some things that, yeah, maybe you want to do and that's fine. But just because like it's always been done that way, doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. It doesn't mean it makes sense for you. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even in in our neighborhood, like there's um there's a little girl a couple houses down from us that our girls have loved playing with, and so they every time they're like, when can we go play with Lexi? You got to wait till Lexi gets home from school. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But again, just because Lexi goes to, to public school doesn't mean you know we have to. And, and so again, like across the board in any facet of life don't live by everybody else's script or what everybody else assumes mm. that you're supposed to be living by. So those are all some books that help to, I guess, kind of think through some of those, those big pivots and shifts in life. That's a good word. That is a good word. What is, what is one of the most impactful piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, one quote that I like to use a lot is, um, is that who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. Meaning, um, if if you and I are great entrepreneurs, if we're great speakers, if we make a difference in everybody else's life, but we drop the ball as husbands, as fathers, as um, as if we're the shell of a human being, like that's just not worth it. You know, like I don't I don't want my kids to be like, man, there's a lot of people that that my dad impacted, but I didn't really know him. And I didn't really spend any time with him. Like that sucks. Like that's just a horrible way to live life. And so, um, yeah, I think just constantly reminding you, yourself that who you are is more important than what you do. It's more important than your bank account. It's more important than your your email list size. It's more important than what kind of car that you drive, or um, or, or how big your house is, or what brand of clothes you wear. Just like that stuff just doesn't matter. It just doesn't. But who you are as a human being, like that's the stuff that really is significant. Like that's the stuff that that actually means something. Cool. I love that answer, man. How do people get more of you, Grant? If they want to. Someone, uh, someone wants to learn how to how to get booked and paid to speak, where might they go? Yeah, if people are interested in the speaking stuff, we've got um, we've got a, a podcast that you mentioned called The Speaker Lab that uh, people are more than welcome to check out. Um, and then uh, if people are interested in, in learning more on the speaking side of, of hey, I want to I want to learn more step by step what I need to do to become a speaker, um, we got a free resource people can check out over at freespeakerworkshop.com. Freespeakerworkshop.com is a, a good place to go and uh, check out that step by step plan that we walk through there on how to find and book speaking engagements. Buddy, that's awesome. One last question. Uh, what does building a bigger life mean to you? Building a bigger life. I think building a bigger life means doing life on your terms in the way that you want with the people that you want. 
That was pretty good. That is good. I'm going to let that sit there for a second. <laughs> I'm going to roll with that. I should have recorded that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome, Grant. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate what you do for not only your family, but for the community that you're a part of. Um, and obviously what you've done for me as a speaker and as a friend, I, I just, I really appreciate you. I have immense gratitude towards you when I, when I hear your name and think of you. Thanks buddy. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Thanks for tuning into the show. Every one of my interviewees has certain things in common, which I've summarized in the blueprint available at buildabiggerlife.com. It contains the nine core tenets extracted from each of the past interviews and will get you started building your own version of a bigger life. If you liked what you heard on the show, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time.